0: Thanks for downloading this podcast from Brum Radio. For more programs, search our podcast page at brumradio.com. Empty
1: your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now, you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. Put it into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now, water can flow, or creep, or drip, or crash. Be water, my friend.
2: Sweet oh I tell you what, I'm sorry, I always want to sing along with our theme tune and in fact i just want to listen to it all the time so any of you that have come to hear us talking today you might just exchange it for the theme tune hang on and thank you very much to chas west for producing that for us um hello everyone and welcome welcome to the Screen Brum Show here on Brum Radio. It's 12 o'clock. It's Friday the 16th of March. It's the middle of March. It's the The spring is springing around us. The sap is rising. We are feeling our tails are up, uh, shall we say, and we are here to talk about uh, all things screen. So on the Screen Brum Show, those of you that haven't listened before, where have you been? If you have, you'll know we talk about films, we talk about TV, we talk about things with a screen screen and we always do so with a smile on our face and a spring in our step and when i say us when i say our it's not just me in the studio my name is blake woodham but i am also joined by my uh my co-pilot my uh my my co-sailor in this particular instance (laughs) mr mr timothy wilson hello tim Good
3: afternoon, everyone. And uh, we always do it with a glass of water, don't we? We do, well?
2: because hydration is very hydration important. Hydration
3: is really important.
2: Water is the essence of wetness, and wetness is the essence of beauty, as uh, Zunanda yeah, says.
3: And we drip-feed you with a, with a selection of... Uh,
2: movie and screen related nonsense we are we we may be hitting the the uh, water related puns very hard and regularly um this today because our theme is water what we do on the show is we pick a theme and then we talk about what we have learned um about that theme from watching films and tv that's pretty much how tim and i get all of our knowledge and information so what have we learned about water so that is our theme. So what we're looking to do is talk about all things wet and dribbly. Um, <laughs> wet and dribbly. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds a bit less pleasant. Um, we're going to be talking all things to do with water and water films. So we'd like to hear from you. So do tweet us. We are at Screen Brum. We're also available on Facebook. Go to Facebook and tweet us. Uh, sorry, and Facebook us on there. And let us know your favourite uh, water Films. so there could be films with uh, water featuring heavily in the plot there could be films in which uh, there are very wet scenes there could be films in which there is not much water um, and what we're going to do is we're going to be going through those chatting about them and picking our top fives and what we've done uh, is we've picked a rather complicated system for selecting our pop and our for once five. this is your
3: system not mine i've had to i've had to
2: play along tim has had to uh, for once it's usually bend me. <laughs> to my will um so we'll talk about that uh, in a moment but we'll start off with some music because our um our kind of thinking when we chose this theme today came because this is our first show since the oscars and the best picture oscar winner this year was mr timothy The Shape of. The Shape of Water. So um, I haven't actually seen the film myself, uh, but I'm here. It's very good. It's fabulous. Yeah. In
3: every shape and form. No pun intended.
2: Um, Very good. Let's have some music from it to get us started. Uh, This track is beautiful, and it's by Renee Fleming. It's from the Shape of Water soundtrack, and it's called You'll Never Know. I should feel like I shouldn't be drinking water. I should feel like I have a cocktail while I listen to this track. It's beautifully languid and, and gorgeous. And that's from, as we say, The Shape of Water, uh, which is the Oscar winner from Gero del Toro. I said that as if I um, had a good grasp of the Spanish pronunciation, so apologies if it's wrong.
3: It's one of the easier Spanish names you'll pronounce, mate. OK, well... Guillermo del Toro is quite... Easy. Gero, yeah.
2: Anyway. Uh, I, when, we, when we did a show with... Uh, uh, about uh, um, the revenants, I did practice in Tutu quite a lot. Um, in Inararatutu. I got someone to help me. Yeah,
3: I call it. I, mean, I just, I just, I just cheat and lo- lose a lot of. But, um, yeah, Inarito, I keep calling.
2: Oh, I'm supposed to speak closer. To the yes, you need to your, your microphone anyway. Anyway, hello everyone, everyone who's listening to us. Thank you very much. We've had, um, we've already received some tweets that we have people listening. Thank you very much. We've got uh, Red Bezel. Hello, Red Bezel. I hope you're feeling hydrated today. Uh, let us know your favourite uh, watery films and also hello Jaws 19. Jaws 19. We need to give a special shout out to. They're listening to us. Not only is that a great name on Twitter, Jaws19, of course, you may recall um, from, I think, um, That's the Future 2, um, we see a big 3D, but they are a um, a film TV show. We wouldn't call them competitors because they're on, they're on telly, aren't they? Well, they're on uh, YouTube, I think, um, so do check them out, they've, done a, they've got a fantastic uh, logo and a great... Um, Uh, YouTube channel which they've already got some traders on there and some fantastic they've done a great episode with a bunch of comedians uh, and strongly recommend that you follow them and uh, take a look at what they've got to offer they talk the same sort of nonsense that we do but, but they, they do with I pictures just, I'm
3: just literally tweeting uh, a link to them now so people can join
2: and check them out so yes go on to our Twitter feed and check them out hello also um, to anyone else out there who's listening we want to know your wet watery films um <laughs> nah no, it's it's horrible. Every time I say these things, it does sound quite unpla- maybe unpleasant. Maybe lose the word wet. maybe yeah. lose the word moist. Yeah, then okay. then be fine. Well, You know what else are we going to uh, talk about when, when we say <laughs> w- uh, water? I mean, water is a fascinating thing. Um, I was reading about um, uh, was it Kevin. Williamson, who directed Waterworld, which at the time was the big, most expensive film ever made, this is a Kevin Reynolds. Uh, Kevin Kevin Reynolds, and we have yeah. Kevin um, Costner, Stara, which was his attempt to sort of make a kind of um, the kind of uh, negative image of Mad Max. So it's set in a very wet rather than dry world where people fight it out, and you've got uh, an absurd Dennis Hopper. Um, as a kind of pirate he's good uh, fun. with an eye patch on, and, and yes, he's, he's, he's fantastic in the film. Um, and um, yeah, at the time it was the most expensive film ever made, and apparently Ken o- Kevin Reynolds asked Steven Spielberg's advice. Steven Spielberg, of course, his his big breakthrough film was, was Jaws, and uh, he said, you know, how, his advice for shooting on water and Steven Spielberg's advice was I will never make a film on water again <laughs> apparently the the standard accounting procedure is if anyone wants to film a film on water to multiply the budget by 3 uh, and the time it takes as well so and hire James Cameron and hire James Cameron, um, or to put James Cameron in charge. And uh... well, I mean, and again, I mean, James Cameron had um, yeah. a lot of, of pain and suffering. And I think a lot of people got ill uh, making. T- so James Cameron famously his his two very wet films. If you're not familiar, are I can't stop, can't stop saying wet. But there's no way: watery films are The Abyss and also Titanic. Uh, and I think a lot. And then they filmed The Abyss in a kind of old, disused nuclear power station um, which they obviously filled with water um, and and that would certainly be up there with one of my top five it isn't on my top five list i don't know if it's on yours tim uh one no of my because top five. You've,
3: you've given categories which mean i don't put it in my list okay okay I've it been, might get mentioned a few times though
2: i've been very um i've been very uh, uh this specific
3: isn't a, this isn't a top five list today that we do we usually do top five lists mm. but this this week we're being much more choosy
2: we're doing much more choosy we, we've chosen the top five water film categories and these are they so think about this ladies and gentlemen okay you may disagree with them there are obviously other ways to to, to cut this um the categories that i dive chosen are one swimming pools slash baths um might even add showers in that um, there's this if you can think of any famous film scenes with showers involved i can't think um <coughs> so there's that, that's category, Take number. Your pick. Uh, category number two uh films or scenes with too much water category number three films or scenes with not enough water then the fourth one um is the cleanliness of water films about water that may be polluted water that may not be fit to drink or maybe um uh, has something in it Uh, and then then the final category we've selected is the sea
3: which is kind of like a nice big open category
2: for everyone to pick yeah a big I um, think we could easily do not. a show just about the sea, and we yeah, may we do could've. that in future. There's obviously an enormous amount in there. We have missed out rain. We've missed out, um, I don't know, other types of rain categories, but other, other types of wet categories, watery categories <laughs> you may have, um, may have in your own minds. Let us know if we're missing any broad categories. But there we go. So what we're going to do is we're going to each going to pick our, our top film, based on those categories or tv exactly based on those categories so get your thinking caps on and let us know what yours are i'm going to give you something as a little bit of uh, a kind of taster here i've listened to this
1: science couldn't explain it but there it was alive
0: in the deep deep waters of the amazon a throwback to a creature that had existed a hundred million years ago immensely strong and destructive
1: A woman's beauty, the bait that brought it out of its
0: lair. See underwater thrills never photographed before. See Titanic underwater battles never dreamed of before in this most terrifying of the science fiction adventures.
2: Oops, sorry, everyone, that ended terrifying I spectacular. It. That's the, the, uh, the trailer for The Creature from the Back Lagoon, which I think is about 1952, 1953. A few people, people tweeted about that, didn't they? It's a great uh, film. Yeah. Great underwater filming sequences. Uh, I mean, underwater filming is obviously very, very difficult. You need, you know. I'm no expert, but I'm pretty sure you need to have things waterproof um, and be able to see things. And that—that was one of the first major films that really went for it in terms of showing things underwater. And in a sense, it is—you know—I'm calling it a prequel to *The Shape of Water*. It's about a fishy man uh, who, you know, falls in love with a woman or something like that, isn't it? There we are, fishy. Can I make a case, fishy territory? Can I make a case for that? Of course. I mean, we talk about. the The Shape of Water. There are many other ones. Some. The Shape of Water um, is 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 just a beautiful. I mean, from what I've seen of it, gorgeous looking film. Uh, is is it? Is water actually a big part of it?
3: Huge part of it. Yeah. As it's it serves as a metaphor. It serves as an actual um, form of expression from the char- even from the sort of point of view of the uh, the lead character and the way that she f- she as you know she. Uh, um, Sally Hawkins' character is is uh is um, mute. mute. So uh her way of her imagination there's a kind of a slightly whimsical way to her and a kind of a, a way that she explores the universe and the way that she um, imagines and there's a kind of a dreamlike nature to it and in the kind of classic Guillermo del Toro tradition the the lines between dream and reality are blurred in a mixture of uh beautiful and horrific ways and as always the human beings are the uh bad people and Mm. the good people as well um yeah there's a lot of um quasi, almost biblical sort of type nature to the, the way things are going I mean, as water well. films
2: are absolutely rife with symbolism, aren't they? Yeah. Um, they're, they're, there's so much of them, you know, there's baptisms and rebirths and, and all of this kind of stuff. And I was having an exchange actually this week on Twitter with a, a, a water scientist asking for his recommendations um, of films um, and, um, and uh, querying why so many horror films were water-related. There's a lot of, of water horror films. And he made this very good point, which was that it's a kind of primal thing that we have back from our you know our animal days the watering hole was a place we had to go but it was it was a place of life but also incredibly dangerous this is where other animals and other animals that might eat us would congregate and we could of course fall in and be uh, swept away by water and drown and we could we could not see the depth of it we don't know what was in it, what was going to come out, all of that kind of stuff. So water is something which, you know, as as humans, we have this kind of inherent fear of, but obviously requirement to have as well so i think that's quite interesting way of looking at why so many of these so many horror films and of course you know the way it moves it's Mm. it's very fluid obviously fluid um incredibly hard to film actually properly as well i mean you see you see all these films where there's miniatures and the water comes down and it washes supposed to wash a town away or something and they just look rubbish because you can't miniaturize water you know a drop is the size of a drop you know it and if you see uh, a blown up image of, of water it doesn't look right yeah, rubbery sharks as well Rubbery sharks as well I remember um, having an argument with a friend of mine We were watching Jaws from back in the, back in the day and, and him saying That still looks, scares the hell out of well, me it's, it's fantastic But yeah. I remember him saying That looks like a rubber shark And I said Come on, this film was made in 1979 And he said Oh, I see In 1979 It looked different didn't it? In Which ten, is a good yeah, point. 1975 even Was it? Yeah well, there you
3: go. Uh, And, uh, you know it, It's an uh, amazing technical achievement You know a, Even if it does look like a rubber shark Hey, who cares?
2: Let's Let's uh, <laughs> let's start with our... We're going to go through our first category in a moment. Um, I'm going to play another track. Um, there's a chance for you to get in which category should we do first. Should we do too much water first? So scenes and films with too much water in them. We're going to talk about that one after this, but we're going to play um, some music, which is not from a, a water film. It's a slight cheat, but it's a brilliant film, and it's a brilliant piece of music, and it's from the film Hell or High Water. You see? Hell or High Water. Um, one of my
3: favourite films...
2: From last year true. before, Was it, yeah, a fantastic film. Um, it's twenty, 20 it sixteen, yeah, yeah, not think, two yeah. years ago, and not um, not much water in sight in there, despite the name. Um, but it is um, an incredibly good film and a great piece of music. So this is sleeping on the black top. So tweet us your films at Screenbrum See you after this. Uh, Ooh, uh, um, not fear. It's very cowboy. Sleeping on the Blacktop by Colter Wall from the Hello High Water soundtrack. Uh, not very watery film, but a great one. So hello everyone. We are now in. This is a Screen Brum show. If you've just tuned in, we're going through our top five water related films do let us know yours we've had a tweet already in from uh, feathers and wings hello feathers and wings thank you very much for listening we appreciate it um birds and feathers do they work feathers and water water off ducks but i can't sorry feathers and wings i can't think of anything clever to say about birds and uh, water tonight Um, but uh, they have suggested some films voyage to the bottom of the sea the Perfect Storm, which is uh, a fabulous Wolfgang Peterson, uh, George Clooney, massive wave, you know, fantastic.
3: Massive wave, you know. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> that's
2: pretty much a film, and it, I think in many ways that film does slightly um, suffer from the fact that you are waiting for the wave. It's good in, when it comes, though, isn't it? Yeah, in the same way that with yeah. Titanic, you're waiting for the iceberg. Um, sea Quest is another suggestion from Feathers and Wings, which is a TV series with Roy Schneider in, where they were in a incredibly spacious submarine, as I recall, lots of empty lots of empty room in it a lot of star trek affectations
3: you know we were just talking about the link between star trek and naval uh navy you mm. know and the kind of maritime element to star mm. trek yeah. yeah
2: yeah um and open water which is a horrible terrifying one i remember that good one call. that is where a couple i think it's based on a true story as well where yeah. they're just they're out scuba diving and then the oh boat leaves them behind that was so good and they're just left yeah. in the there's a There's a sequel to that as well um which is which is also a quite interesting premise, which is a bunch of people on a on a yacht and they all jump in for a nice swim um, and they forgot to put the ladder down and mm. they can 't get back in um, just as simple as that um, and just really um you know just playing with that horrible fear of of being out there in the open water so good call, good call feathers and wings, but we are starting with too much water, so we 're going to uh talk about our first film, uh, and I'm going to start, if that's okay. Tim? Yeah, you go ahead, mate. I'm not sure how many people have seen this film. Uh, it's from 2015. It's a Norwegian film. Okay? Anyone out there No one. i You're going to out, out-world cinema. For uh, that Bolgen is its name. Um, uh, in English, it is The Wave. So, what this film is, it's, uh, it's a disaster film, um, and it is a disaster film that is not... It doesn't necessarily take us in directions that disaster fields haven't done before, but it is incredibly um, well done. So, the premise is and it's based in a real place in Norway. It's a small town where there is a, um, it's set in a beautiful, beautiful bay, a lot of um, beautiful sort of tourist place, but there is a large mountain which is at some point going to, it will happen. A landslide will come off there, crash into the water, and create an 80-metre tsunami. So the people know this is going to happen. There is a monitoring station there. And when it happens, an alarm will be pulled, and they will have 10 minutes to get out to high water. So all the people in this town live under that knowledge that that's going to happen. Um, And uh, it's not giving too much away to say... It does happen um, in the film, but um, it's 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 incredibly taut. It's incredibly um, tension just ratcheting up because you just everybody knows that this thing is is possible. It's not a surprise. Uh, we're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. And then again, we've seen that before in films. But I think it's brilliantly done. Water is often something I think. It's quite hard for us to see a massive flood as terrifying somehow, because I don't know. We're not used to seeing water flowing that fast and smashing through things. I think when we saw the, the Japanese tsunami, um, you know, the news field of that, it was really shocking, I think. You just think, oh, my goodness, I'd never really thought how fast it could move and how much it could destroy things. Mm. And this film does that really, really well. There's a fabulous scene in it uh, in a car. Uh, everyone's rushing around they're trying to get away it's a brilliant scene i won't go into too much more of that but there is a brilliant scene um in a car which is so uh sort of filmic and so um tense so it's not a, a mainstream film i think it was like the biggest norwegian hit of that year there is a sequel being made um but there we are the wave I think you can get it on uh, Amazon Prime if you do have those facilities. Uh, Norwegian disaster movie, or if you are Norwegian, you will know it, of course, as Bolgen. Um, but yeah. there we are. That is my choice for too much water or water in the wrong place. The wave. I guess you've not seen it, Tim.
3: No, but it, it actually um, it actually adds. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good little follow-on to, to my choice because I think you took one of the things i was just reading about Bolgen as your. Uh, talking about it and allegedly a lot of the focus of the film is along about human devastation um, the impact of devast or the impact of disaster yeah so it um, kind of uh, too much water I-, I went metaphorically for this yeah. and sort of the follow on for me is my number my-, my number five we always do this my favourite m- film well, or my choice my choice for too much water is um, Beasts of the Southern Wild
2: um that's applause from me. Fantastic film. Brilliant choice.
3: I can crazy now. It's twenty twelve when it came out. I kind of forget it's that long ago because I I just so vividly um, remember going to the electric and it, it was on my birthday. I went to see this film. I mean, as birthday present films go, this is in my still my number one. Um, it's a I'm great still. Film. Um, it kind of, I mean, in a water context, it's set on a, fi- it's kind of a, it feels a bit like a documentary, but it's also a fictional community. It feels all like um, science
2: fiction as well, isn't it? It's yeah.
3: Sort of it's a, fantastical. It's, there's a, I would say uh, what um, Ben, Z- ben Zetlin, uh the director, really tries to do is um, evoke that kind of Terrence Malick ethereal nature quality to the mm. film. Um, and you're focusing on a on a human tale around a father, who um, a father and uh, a daughter, um, f- famously called Hush Puppy. You remember? That's
2: um, right. She's and she's astonishing. She's uh, so young. Possibly in that film. The,
3: um, you know we we think of um, in um, Anna Paquin and the piano yeah. as uh, the quintessential best supporting actress. Uh, young f- yeah. young female nominee for me this is still the most ast- astonishing performance mm. by she's uh, like she's six maybe. in the six. film ridiculous. Uh, the most astonishing performance I can actually think of by a a, a, a young, per- a young yeah. you know a girl mm. basically um, a
2: f- and, and very much there's a lot of nature in this and, and the premise of course is they live in the, in the kind of um,
3: fictional bio community in Louisiana that's
2: right and there's a danger it, of flood
3: it's a metaphor for Hurricane Katrina it was very much that 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 threat is constant throughout the film. Uh, her father becomes ill, and she goes off on a search to find her mother. Uh, it's beautiful evocation of just stillness, um, harsh the harsh community that she's in. You're focusing a lot of the film on her eyes. Mm. Uh, I. I can't think of too many films which do this. Bill Murray is probably the the, the quintessential uh, exponent of uh, using eyes as a form of acting and doing very little. De Niro does it very well. Amazing. I'm I'm comparing them. To, I'm comparing her performance to that kind of level. Um, her eyes and her her look there's such beauty in it and such uh, uh you you feel everything in that it's, film it's
2: triumphant as yeah. well i mean this is a girl struggling with you know with all sorts of tragedies and and nature and there's this kind of backdrop of this apocalyptic potential flood hence this um,
3: idea of too much water because mm-hmm. it, it's it's predominant this watery element this apocalyptic flood that's coming it it, it, it um it it it's kind of a it's a it's a it's a, it's a, water, the, it's a pool for the mind. It's a mm. mental thing as much as anything else.
2: Tears as well, of yeah. course. Tears flow. We've got we didn't thought of that as a water thing. We could certainly do a whole thing. Fantastic. Also, but, I must say, an amazing soundtrack.
3: One of the best, yeah.
2: Um, um, so I'm going to go straight into that soundtrack actually uh, and play some music from it. An excellent choice. So there we have our two films uh, about too much water that you can look at. Uh, the wave. 2015 Bolgen Norwegian. Bolgen exactly <laughs> it's, I'm only saying I Bolgen like this. It's an I o. had to do it Bolgen it's an O with a line through it I don't know yeah, I th- please I don't know. tell me a Norwegian Norwegian listeners got. tell us how to pronounce that is film it, uh, is it Bolgen yeah. or Bolgen or um, it prob- Bolgen we're probably saying something offensive in Norwegian if we're not careful uh, and, uh, so that's, that's uh, my choice for too much water and then Tim's <laughs> choice is <laughs> Beasts of the Southern Wild and let's play uh, a water related track from that The Bathtub um, from beasts to the southern wild, enjoy this. It's brilliant. Ho oh, ho! How good is that? That's the bathtub by the uh, the Lost Bayou Orchestra, I think it's called. Um, from uh, beasts of the Southern Wild soundtrack. Thank you very much for your contributions. We're going to move on from uh, too much water, but we are going to talk about some of your suggestions for that. Cracking um, choices, my, aren't they? Very good choices, yeah. yes. Atwood Film Network, Deliverance excellent choice excellent on choice we're uh, we're down with deliverance so deliverance there's yeah. obviously there's the rapids and the water and then there's the the whole area is about to be flooded and then there's lots mm. of symbolism in there uh, great choice great film deliverance um daryl davis hello <laughs> some great choices from him airport 77 where <laughs> the plane crashes in the bermuda triangle uh and the poseidon adventure which was definitely up on my list yeah fantastically um, you know, you, you you don't like it. Well, you, you have problem. No, it's a problem not
3: that. I have. I, I find it's kind I, of I nihilism get, it, almost.
2: It, is, it upsets me. Mm. But even
3: though I do, I love the film, and I think Gene Hackman is astonishing in it. Um, yeah, I find it's the new one upsetting.
2: Uh, and of course, remade with but, uh, uh, it's still great Kurt Russell, um, which we probably wouldn't recommend. Uh, haven't actually seen I'd it. I try but, to forget these things. Yeah, but uh, and and of course, there was a sequel with Michael Caine um which we can also forget but uh, probably bought one of his houses yeah, <laughs> which you'll be perfectly fine it, to admit uh, appropriately by, probably by a yacht with it but uh, no the of adventure great choice thank you daryl for those uh, also interesting um uh, suggestion in from feathers and wings again the man who fell to earth which is about the main character crashing on earth to find water for his planet um it leads me into one thing i wanted to actually do for you tim which is give you a little education in water uh, I've it. been doing some research on this And that idea of crashing into Earth, uh, to water Did you know that all the water on Earth Is not uh, indigenous It all actually arrived here via comets and asteroids So this planet did not actually have its own so to speak It was not created with it There was a period called the Late Heavy Bombardment Between four and a half and uh, That sounds like a great metal album <laughs> the, the Late Heavy Bombardment By water Judas Priest water arriving uh, um some uh, other interesting facts did you know that there are 16 different types of ice ice uh, you may not know is maybe. frozen water um and you may not know that because in gremlins uh, if you get your gremlin wet uh, they go all funny but apparently it's fine for them to get into snow so who knew um <laughs> your body is between 60 and 70 percent water which you did know but did you know that it changes at different times in your life so, a human fetus is around 95% water for the first months. And when you're born, you are 77% water. And in a 70 kilogram person, there are 42 litres of water. Here's another weird fact. I don't drink enough,
3: mate. Can't you don't? possibly 42 litres.
2: Hot water freezes. This is weird, right? Hot water freezes faster than cold water. This is known as the Mepiba effect. And nobody knows why. Isn't that crazy? Nobody knows why. Nobody knows why. Hot Anyone water. Anyone want to get get paid to do a thesis? I think that, that is something which someone. I imagine of there are a few
3: people do. are doing that.
2: How much water do you think it takes to make a pint of beer, which is just over half a, a litre of beer?
3: Well, from, the, from its conception, it must be a lot. It must be
2: 1,000 litres. 150. Calm down. OK, I've gone a bit oh, over the 150 top. 150 litres to make I, a I pint don't know. of beer. My beer will be very watered down. <laughs> yes, exactly. Everywhere there is water on Earth, there is life. Even if that water is nearly boiling or the, or the area is skin burningly acidic, there is life. Prometheus. There you go. Uh, <laughs> all of this I got from a BuzzFeed article. So um, if any of that is factually incorrect, scientists, um, get onto BuzzFeed. not on Please it. pick us up because it makes for interesting Twitter conversations. Um, so, yeah, do, do, do let us know your, your thoughts. Now, we're moving on from too much water to our next category would you like to choose the category tim uh we flip it the other way so too little water not enough water that's right not enough water would you like to go first this time tim
3: yeah i've kept on the metaphorical front mm-hmm. although it is a film set in uh the sea um it's, although it's not about it's not in my category the sea, the not enough water is the uh 1990 john mctiernan film the hunt for red october oh. Because it, it, There's a lot of water in There's that. a
2: lot of water But actually Set in a submarine
3: Not enough water If you understand If you remember the plot line Of the film uh, Most of you will have Probably seen it But for those of you Who hasn't um, It stars Sean Connery As a Soviet Submarine captain His name is Marco Ramius
2: very scottish mm. um sorry russian uh, s- s- captain i actually quite like the way that they they dealt with that in the film um they start off speaking russian hmm. and then the camera focuses in on their lips and then they're just speaking russian and then they just suddenly start speaking english and the camera pulls out it's so good and that's a really clever way of very good dealing with that
3: yeah and it, it, it's a kind of almost like a st- it has a stage element to mm. it yeah, um, and, the, and it um, also stars uh, the, Br- and the best thing about the film, which is Alec Baldwin as uh, Jack Ryan. And the idea of the film is um, Marco Ramius, uh, Sean Connery's ca- character, he abandons his uh, orders of the, uh, and, um, and heads for the East Coast of the United States, effectively defecting. Um, and the idea was... That with a
2: nuclear-armed submarine.
3: With a nuclear-armed submarine. But the idea is it's, uh, it, can, it has stealth technology, effectively invincible. The idea of not enough water, is it not deep enough? Not, uh, not fast enough? Um, but it's the idea that he's trying to get to, um, is trying to defect and reach out to the CIA i.e. Jack Ryan who actually understands what's going on whereas no one else is and he um, they, uh, the idea of the film is that tension between uh, understanding his intentions and his motives and the CIA J- aka Jack Ryan picking up on the fact that he's this expert in uh, e- expert in uh, this world of naval, of uh, submarines and he understands exactly what Marco Ramius is doing and it's a brilliant film. I love the film because number one, it, uh, it doesn't, in like any other Cold War films, it doesn't give you the intention that the world is about to blow up at any time mm. it's separate it focuses on this one um semi-true story because that is set on some element of truth
2: I did not know that.
3: um and but also out to do the idea that you know this 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 un- unease that cold war t- climate had this idea what is ramus's intentions is he actually heading to blow us up or is he what's he doing but actually it's only jack ryan that knows this and there's lots of great dialogue I always love the scene in the dinner on the dinner table where Ramis is sitting with his crewmates, and you know he goes, um, "You're a fleet of our fleet, well you should be." Personally, I'd give us one chance in three. More tea, anyone? <laughs> you know, I love that scene, um, and um, it's it. I like Baldwin because unlike the uh, Harrison Ford Jack Ryan films, what what this film gives is that he's a low key, uh, unassuming action hero without being a hero. You know, a heroic element. Yeah. Um, he's very engaging. And um, the interplay between him and the people around him and then eventually when he meets up with Mark Remus' character is really cool. And a great cast as well. Everyone is really perfectly cast.
2: I'm going to push you on this, though. But what's the not enough water conception? You're saying it's because they're bumping along the bottom of the sea.
3: Yeah. It's not deep enough. It's a not deep enough. It's almost like there's not enough water to um, to hide his motives in a, in a metaphorical and an action sense.
2: Very good, very good. You get extra, yeah, extra water points for that one too. Yeah, it's,
3: it actually is a plot thing, you know. Yeah, I can yeah. see
2: that. So there we are. That is um, the the first, but possibly not the last submarine-based film of which. Oh, again, is that a hint? Is a huge category. It's a hint for me from mine. that I may return to that theme. Uh, so German. So sorry, no. <laughs> we're moving on. We're moving on because I'm going to tell you about my uh, favorite. Uh, lack of water film in fact I'm going to play it for you see how long it takes you to work out what it is and of course let us know your favourite not enough water films on at Screen Brum so here's mine
1: From Columbia comes a picture destined to make screen history.
3: Sahara,
0: epic drama of war in the desert. The unforgettable story of the American tank, Bell and the men who loved her as if she were a woman. Ten men lost in the desert, men with parched tongues and tortured minds, searching frantically for life-giving water, surrounded by hostile armies, fighting treachery from within. <laughs> We've got to take them with us. We can't leave them here to die. If we ask the men, I'm certain they'd agree. they agree now, but what about when they're starving to death and dying of thirst? why you put me in command to look ahead. But this is a matter of a man's life. You're wrong, Doc. It's a matter of the lives of 10 men. We've got a long way to go and we need every crumb of food and every drop of water. Please take me with you. Don't leave me here to die. I work for you. I don't drink your water. I don't eat your food. Don't leave me here to die. I look at it this way. Because it is a hundred to one shot, because it's so much more than a line of duty. Because there's so little chance of any of us coming out of it. I thought I ought to put it up to you. Get here. Why don't they finish it? Come on! Come on and take us. We're waiting for you. Come on, get it over with. <laughs>
2: was letting all of that music play out because trailers back then weren't they brilliant that was from 1943's sahara not to be mistaken but from the matthew mahogany film of about 2005 this is the 1943 film directed by uh, zoltan korda that's a great name it is a great name um and it's humphrey bogart which you probably picked up there from the trailer it's a piece of wartime you know propaganda, daring do, and gung ho, and all of that. Um, it's about the the desert war of 1942 around um, the the Battle of Tobruk in Libya, um, which of course uh, students of history will know played a key kind of turning point in, in the Second World War. Um, the story is of a tank crew that is fleeing the Nazi advance, and they are you know looking for water. They're alone in the desert. Uh, lots of intrigue and everything very much in the kind of vein of ice cold and alex which again would be another choice except that the uh, the the thing that the, the uh, liquid in that one is much more beer <laughs> explicitly um and uh, so they're looking for water uh and there's a fantastic sequence when they find it and it's not very much of it there's this drip 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 and that's all there is and they find it in this oasis and that's and that's what they're having to uh to kind of fight for and defend and and it's life and it's just this tiny drip fantastic it has loads of of kind of images of this whole machinery of war not only the the tank itself um but the these armies clashing in this desert and these huge empires in conflict with each other utterly utterly um you know helpless in the face of uh, of nature you know that they, they may have these high technology weaponry but um you know if they are going to drink um then then they are they are doomed so fantastic um you know it, it is obviously it is a, a a wartime uh film it's it's you know it has as you get from that trailer lots of as i say guns and daring do but um really um Fantastic central performance from Humphrey Bogart. Another film, actually, of his that I was considering was The Kane Mutiny, uh, which is another watery one where he's a uh, a captain of a ship. And another fantastic performance from him because he plays very much against type in The Kane Mutiny. He is cowardly. Um, Which just doesn't seem possible for him Um, But there we are, Blake's choice For not enough water I haven't got the clever metaphorical angle I've gone very literal with it Is uh, the film Sahara I'll repeat, not the uh, 2005 version The 1943 film Sahara. Have
0: you seen it, it, Tim? Yeah,
3: I have, many years ago. I mean, I think it is um, it is in that kind of height of Bogart era, isn't it? Because Casablanca came out virtually mm-hmm. near the same time. Very sort of similar time, time yeah. As a kind of Bogart was clearly all bogey, sorry. Uh, you know, he, he has a tough attitude, doesn't he? And it's, it's that kind of mix between, he's always tough, tough, and good-hearted at the same time. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he, You can imagine he was, if you put yourself in a 1940s person going to the cinema, you can see it was such a, you must such a positive screen presence yeah, during a time of war. Exactly, he was you know
2: perfect for this type of thing.
3: Yeah, he he was awful. He also that film I remember. He just looks um, kind of cool in his outfit. You know, it's kind of a positive message for you a U.S. army as well. Yeah. Is the, is, the, is the archetypal guy that you I mean, want and you it know. was
2: it was a point of defeat as well I mean this is where the, the, uh, the axis had, had broken the, the allied um, forces and they were in they were the fleeing across the desert you know it yeah. was a time of retreat which was you know obviously when you need this propaganda I guess so yeah fantastic film in my opinion. Good call. Uh, Let me know your opinion. Tweet us, at Screambrunn. I'm going to play you a little bit more music now. This is from uh, another suggestion uh, on Twitter. Apologies, I don't know who this is from. Uh, but uh, this is from the film Song of the Sea. And the track is... I
3: love this film so much. i am not seen it. It was one of my... F- again, I, sh- I really i overlooked this thank you whoever who was that
2: i don't know i, I saw it whoever
3: I, overla- I love this film it's um one of my favorite films of a couple of years ago yeah well let's really use
2: it from it this is a beautiful animation uh from japan is it no the song of the sea i think is island isn't it oh, i don't um, know yeah i've not seen it but there we are uh, apologies to everyone for having not seen yeah. it but i have heard the music and it's great so song of the sea uh, somebody it's uh, tom tom moore that's right i was remembering you know it's uh,
3: it's 2014 Sorry, I need to just—I was just catching up. You know, this—it's beautiful. It's a romantic uh, evocation of—it's got a lot of Irish culture in it as well.
2: It's really lovely. Uh, yeah, great call. Cool. I'm going to look that up, but but listen to the music because it's great too. Oh, I think I might listen to that all day.
3: So good. You really should check it out, Blake. It's such a good film.
2: Um, such a good film. Just uh, I'm just putting some uh, some watery sounds in the background for us. Is that, is, that yeah. you, is that making you that make you need the toilet <laughs> yeah I was just
3: saying if anyone's desperate right now for the loo, that hasn't helped yeah
2: I'm sorry um that's creating some because here we are here we are on screen bro we're halfway through the show and we're talking about all things uh, watery and um, wet with um and um, we have also to mention we have got a, our guest who's going to be arriving in about uh, 20 25 minutes we're going to be joined by a a local filmmaker who has got some very, very exciting news to tell us about filmmaking here in the region. So now I'll leave that one as an exciting... I will whet your appetite. Very good? Yes? Whet. Um, uh, But we're going to be going through our categories here so as uh, as as you may recall if you've been listening for the last hour and if you haven't uh, you can get us again on mixed Cloud, so don't panic and hello if you are joining us uh, hello we've been doing too much water we've talked about films with too much water film we talked about films or sequences with not enough water so now we're moving on to our third category what are you going with blake i am going with swimming pools Okay, swimming pools or baths. Now this was this is a category that I suggested, which I think had sort of uh, Tim slightly.
3: Well, because originally you just kept a swimming pool, mm. and then in bath, I've actually I, I could pick
2: two. I could pick one film for two categories, but we'll, we'll come back to bath. Um, I mean, the thing about water that really struck me uh, when we started thinking about all of this stuff is you know as, as we said earlier it's incredibly symbolic it's it's cleaning and it's it's new life it's life and all of that stuff but it's peril and danger what the swimming pool i think in particular is 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 a kind of a microcosm of a lot of those things it's you know there's a lot of sexy Swimming pool um, Action In films Sexy <laughs> Beast You've got Ray Winston uh, In a, uh, right. a, a Ray Winston On a kind of Lilo in a, in a swimming pool There's a You know cause All oiled up <laughs> Exactly In a swimming uh, at Which you know Some people might find sexy out know? I'm not going to judge them. Um, the um you know so there's lots of you know often beautiful film stars in in not wearing very, very much. Um the there's a uh, a love sequence in Children of a Lesser God which is a, a, an 80s film which very much has has um, formed a lot of my uh, My my views of swimming pools Ever since as I recall watching that As a, as a young adolescent um, So yeah I mean there's a lot of that but you know Showgirls showgirls. <laughs> um, but of course swimming pools You know and again there's also There's also a kind of um, You know there's a kind of There's also a lot of social um, Metaphor with um, One of the um, The classic, classic sequences In Ben Wheatley's marvellous Um uh, High rise, high rise, yeah, is is in a swimming pool. Yeah, it symbolises this division. It's a, it's a kind of social motif. You know, people who've got a private swimming pool for goodness sake. It was always the definition of affluence and remains so. Yeah, one of the films that I very much considered um, for this category is uh, The Swimmer, Burt Lancaster film from. Uh, nineteen ni- nineteen sixty eight. I think sixty eight. Okay. Um, and this is a, a, a slightly odd um, premise. He's a um, he decides to swim home, um, th- and he lives in a, an affluent suburb. And he decides to swim home through the swimming pools of his neighbours. So he's in his swimming costume. He just swims across them. Climbs out, goes to the next one, swims across. It's about eight miles or something, swimming. Um, and, you know, it's obviously an opportunity for him to then meet various people and have uh, kind of uh, his life slightly exposed as he as he goes on this this journey. Um, but a brilliant performance from um, Burt Lancaster and uh, a, great, a great use of the pool and the use of the pool as a metaphor. It's not going to be my choice for this particular sequence. It may be Tim's. I'm going with a much more recent one. Um, and that is uh, a bigger splash from, again, from 2015, which appears to be my go to year. I'm getting applause. So I'm glad. Uh, this is directed by Luca, Luca Guardia- yeah, uh, Guadagino. Sorry, everyone, for telling me. that's not bad. That's pretty good. Uh, and uh, he has hit big um, with. Uh, call me by your name yeah uh, this year um which i haven't seen but i'm really really looking forward to seeing because i hear so many good things about it the film a big splash is actually named after a david hockney painting um which you, you may it may be familiar to people it's you see the splash in the swimming pool you don't see the person in and that that painting apparently was david hockney talking about um a breakup with a partner of his um so we never see Whoever it is, it's in the water, and there's this great sense of loss in it. And the film itself is actually also a loose remake of a, of a French film called La Piscine, which is yeah. a swimming pool. So I think we've got enough uh, sort of swimming pool connections in there, and all of the main action appears around the pool. The The sequent the film stars Tilda Swinton, Matthias Schonartz, another go, Ray Fiennes, and Dakota Johnson. Brilliant casting um, all the way through. and And. The, the, they're based in simple. Tilda Swinton plays a kind of sort of de- David Bowie-esque rock star who has recently undergone surgery on her vocal cords and cannot speak uh, for fear of, of damaging them. Is there nothing that woman can't do? Oh, she, Tilda
3: Swinton is just staggering. She's
2: fantastic. Yeah. Um, th- th- all of them are fantastic. The film also, so a lot of this, of this the, the pool is there. They're all in the pool and it's lovely and it's beautiful in this um, Mediterranean um beautiful landscape but there's there's just, they, it can't wash away their past sins it can't wash away you know the things that happen and things happen in the pool there's also at uh, the backdrop of this the refugee crisis in europe where people are literally dying to to cross the mediterranean to get into europe and there, and there the, are the, the people being washed up as part of it so that is the very much the backdrop of this and so water is so central to it the pool is kind of central to this thing the, the difficulty of rebirth you know people going in the pool coming out and wanting to be renewed but it's not being as simple as that and making it sound quite ponderous uh perhaps and, and pretentious but it's a brilliant film strongly recommended it, it has this whole thing of these beautiful people um who are you know shining lights they're rock stars they're uh, I think with Ty Schoenhout, it's a photographer in it. They're all kind of, you know, uh, the kind of allegedly um, perfect exteriors, but um, their interior is perhaps not quite mm. as perfect. So there you go, a swimming pool selection from Blake, a bigger splash. If you haven't seen it, get out there and see
3: it. I love this idea that swimming pool, the swimming pool itself creates a space, doesn't it? Kind of a, the sort of the, the depths of a pool can create a tension and Uh, Creating a sort of an an artifice for tension between characters, Uh, sort of for me, it's like a menage a quatre. That film, isn't it? You know, Ralph Ralph Fiennes appears and brings Dakota Johnson and his his daughter. daughter. Yeah, as the daughter, and then you know, there's still some spark between um, Fines and uh, Swinton's character, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, and then this other character, yeah, this, this Dakota Jensen's character, and they got it's 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 just like playing all sorts of tensions between each other. It's mm-hmm. brilliant, and it's it, um, I love Ray Fines in that because he's so mis- he's 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 almost he feels like he's a he's a complete narcissist in many ways, isn't he? Oh, he's um, horrible, <laughs> he's horrible, and yeah. yeah, he's so good. He he, he just he oozes. Uses it the whole way that, through it's this kind of, alpha male to the extreme yeah. it
2: has that incredibly difficult thing of, of making an unpleasant character still appear attractive you can sort of understand tilda swinton's attraction to him um i kind of think anyway but um yeah let us know what you think so that is my choice um at uh at number three a bigger splash uh, not to be confused with The Big Splash. Yeah, um, I almost wrote that in the tweet. Mm, the Big um, Splash, whoops. Holding. Which may be great, I don't know. Look
3: at is The Big Splash. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, just, this uh, one's uh,
2: even, even bigger. Yeah. Um, Fedders and Wings has had some slight... Um, thank you very much for your tweets today. Has had some slight concerns about our water sound effects, thinking we might need a plumber. So don't worry, we're all dry here. Um, the equipment is safe. We will not uh, let water anywhere near that, although I might... Uh, <laughs> Um, so uh, so yeah so so um, Tim, do you have a swimming pool choice? It's really
3: good that you've picked a bigger splash because I think it, uh, I've picked a film that I can consider to be a cousin of that film in many regards, um, and it is uh, François Razon's two thousand and three film Swimming Pool. <laughs> I just it's it's un, it's uncanny because I think that they they both films share very similar tra- traits. I mean, the setup of the film is slightly different. Um, it stars Charlotte Rampling. Uh, Charlotte Rampling plays a uh, a mystery author. Uh, her name's Sarah Morton. She's kind of she's it's the archetypal sort of uh, London-based creative who wants to move to the south of France mm-hmm. or move to you know move to a you know sun-drenched area. You know, she moves to the south of France, um, you know, to seek inspiration for her new novel. And um, she accepts an offer from her publisher and moves to uh yeah moves to his home and uh thinks you know this is lovely and beautiful what an inspiring inspiring place to be he's got a big swimming pool <laughs> and then uh and then suddenly one night Ludovine Senye turns up and uh um you know and uh she's you know having a good time for want of a better word uh and um you know Sarah Morton the uh, Charlotte Rampling's character is disapproving you know, in that kind of British. Charlotte Rampling's so good in everything, where she kind of exudes this kind of disapproving Brit and then realizes, and it's kind of an allegory, it's kind of a, a, a Randall, Ruth Rendellish kind of mentality where she starts to realize that things are not what they seem and starts to uncover this kind of uh, dark, thrillerish, erotic, kind of strange things, murder kind of subplot kind of thing going on. And. Um, and uh, the kind of the uh, the kind of juxtaposition between her own creative process and the real world start to uh, entwine a bit, mm-hmm. and it's very erotic, It's very sexy. It's very Francois Ozon. If you're familiar with any of his films, Four by Two, for example, will be another nice um, sort of cu- sort of complementary film to see. I think um, it's very unsettling. Um and you know I love how uh, bit by bit um rampling 's character gets um uh, her reserve gets removed, and she starts to get drawn into this world herself mm. you know she 's a slightly you know you know she she 's she she kind of forms almost like a motherly figure over the louis devi character character you know in his concern and intrigue and but she starts to get drawn into the world a bit as well. Mm. So it's a really cool film. <laughs>
2: well, so very
3: fra- very very world cinema. Very f- it has a French. It's a, I, I don't know. I, mean, I even think um, Luca Guadagnino's film, um, The Big Splash, has a has a Gallic quality to it. All the influences for me feel like French films mm. in that film as well. There's a sort of a sexy Mediterranean French vibe to both these films. Um, yeah, I love it
2: excellent Great film. um so there we have our our swimming pool we didn't just
3: pick swimming pools so i could pick swimming pool this is all blake's call
2: uh, there's <laughs> the graduates also another another one with the classic swimming pool sequence in and yeah. let the right one in let the right one, one in
3: i was also thinking of um you know uh there's a really important scene in no country for all men um it mm. takes place uh in a, in a sort of a Swimming pool environment, um, yeah. The graduate, mm. I, yes. It, it, it's just funny, isn't it? Gremlins, you, uh, Gremlins Boogie Nights, um, Wild Things. Which actually is the only thing probably you remember from uh, from Wild Things is involving a swimming pool. Yeah, there's. It, it's. I think also swimming pools are a place of fantasy. So you know, and you yeah. do think of fil- things like um, that, and you think of films like um, what's the one with Phoebe Cates in you know fast times at ridgemont high that again it 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 just but it because it comes from that swimming pool is a sexy place yeah 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 you know what can you say you know reality it never is and then you get let the white one right one in and it becomes much more terrifying
2: yeah swimming pools are never in my experience never sexy places it's always just sort of you know smells of chlorine and there's a plaster in there or something and it's always slightly unpleasant but there we go maybe i'm just not a romantic um, I'm going to play some music. Wait for ruining the tone. One of our one of our recommendations, uh, Daryl Davis uh, on Twitter. Hello, Daryl, uh, suggested earlier on was uh, Piranha, um, which was a film which was um, a Roger Corman kind of exploit uh, you know exploitation. Uh, B movie type thing, but written by John Sayles who who went on uh, to write um, yeah. Lone Star and very um, kind of eminent screenwriter, directed by Joe Dante, who did yeah. um, Gremlins, the aforementioned Gremlins. Um, so, and I have a vague feeling that um, James Cameron worked on that as well in some capacity.
3: He worked on Piranha too. Uh, he Piranha. directed Piranha too.
2: Piranha too. Uh, yeah. th- there is rather horrendously, which is what I'm going to play. There is a f- um, a third film in the sequence which came out a couple of years ago. This this actually pains me, but it's it's called Piranha Three Double (laughs) D. Okay, it's a three D film, and you can tell by the name the way they how they've gone with that. Um, So I'm not recommending you watch it, but um, I did like this track from it. This is uh, by this is a first. Yeah, (laughs) it's just uh, yeah, it's it's slightly pains me. I do apologise. Brilliant. Don't look it up, Uh, but listen to this. It's a banger. It's you've gone from
3: Bolgan to.
2: Piranha three double D. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's let's. Move I love on. it. I love the diversity. Let's let's have uh, some music from it to uh, to get us into the to the last part of the show. Uh, this is Headbanger. Um, I'm still eating a grape. I apologise. I need to keep my fluids up. Did you know about half of the water that you take on board is from food? Um, did you also know how much water there is on Earth? Um, 1.5 billion cubic kilometers of it. 1.5 billion cubic kilometres, that's one and a half billion trillion litres. 800 trillion Olympic swimming pools full. There you go. If it was all spread over the Earth's surface evenly, the Earth's surface would be completely covered with it to a depth of 3,700 metres. And 97% of all of that water is salty. 2.1% is locked up in the polar ice caps at the time of transmission, and um, less than 1% is available as fresh water so there you are that makes us feel small and insignificant um which is the way we like it um, thank you very much for your tweets um great comment here from uh, red bezel uh, about the water in m night Shyamalan's signs it upset a lot of people. Water. We can't. We can't tell you more about it, other than uh, without it being a spoiler. But water plays a key part in that film, and um, yep. the film itself is rubbish. There we are. What happened to that guy? Mm. I know. Well, they just fluked it with one film, I think, we didn't did two, <laughs> films. two films. Two films. Well, he's making a sequel to um, Unbreakable. Um, I like Unbreakable, uh, and they are make, they're great. filming that now actually with yeah. um, Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis. I think so. Who knows? Um, but um, yeah, okay. Well, you know, different people have different opinions on it. Red bezel, uh, you may think it's an amazing film. So apologies if we have offended you. Uh, there was um, um, we played you. What was it? Headbanger by Robert Etel from <laughs> a film.
3: <laughs> let's just
2: let's just. I'm not going to
3: mock you anymore, Blake. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's honestly. Um, good
2: we are going to talk next about water uh drinking water water cleanliness um so what i'm going to do (laughs) is to is to introduce this concept um in the company of um a fantastic film star uh, patricia arquette who's going to talk to us a little bit about why clean water is everyone's problem
0: any sanitation system that doesn't treat waste locally in developing countries, it should be illegal. We know the number one pollutant to water is the lack of sanitation. It's the number two killer of children worldwide under five. Hundreds of thousands of liters of untreated waste are getting dumped in the Ganges every single day. This is happening in every waterway in the world. When cholera was introduced in Haiti, one untreated toilet killed 10,000 people and have sickened half a million people. So we know it's time to deal with this, but we also have to deal with it in a new way now. It's not enough to have a sanitation system that's just collection. You have to treat waste locally, affordably. You can't hike it in and out everywhere. We have a responsibility with what we've done to the earth to not cause any more problems. Every solution now has to address multiple problems. Like Our sanitation system, you end up with finished compost, which helps in agriculture, which helps clean the water, treating waste, which helps with child malnutrition, productivity for mothers. We have to lighten the load for the earth in multiple areas rapidly together. You have to have technologies that you can fix in the middle of nowhere with whatever local materials they are. You can't be waiting for customs, for things to clear for six months, and you can't be waiting for a generator that runs a gasoline that no one can afford, that breaks or gets stolen. I am hopeful. I also believe in the magical genius of the human race.
2: So there we are water is everyone's problem clean water is everyone's problem little introduction there i should stress we don't actually have um, patricia arquette in the studio here that is That'd from be good. A video i probably would have made more of it if we did um of um, talking about uh, cleanliness and and water being very important we could get to
3: patricia arquette because we have a academic who knows richard link later and then that could get to patricia
2: arquette and almost certainly almost certainly within two emails
3: we'd be there yeah
2: we would we would We would. but you know what we've got to make time for all our other guests as well she has to join the queue that's true Um, and speaking of of guests and people joining us we are currently looking um, for volunteer helpers uh, here on Scream Brum Show what we like is we'd like if there's anyone out there who is interested uh, in helping out with the show um, actually coming in and um uh taking part in uh, helping us to meet guests and uh, tweets and so forth, get in touch with us. You can go, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook and uh, very soon, um, we'll have an email address and everything um, and uh, when we move to the new studio we'll have our phone number but if you are interested in helping the show in any capacity we are very much uh, open to that we do like having uh, contributions from you so also throughout the show today do you tweet us any more so we are talking water and we are talking uh, in this sequence about I, wrote, I originally said drinking water didn't I Tim but cleanliness of water um that type of thing and i'm actually going to
3: dirty water dirty
2: water i'm going to go the 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 film i've selected is not a film haha which is why i've not selected it that sounds complicated what i'm trying to say here is is that there's a um a book that i was very keen to to talk about and actually was considering it as our number one choice because we do allow books um, because i also think it'd make a fantastic film i'll talk about it before i talk about my my film um, and the book is called the ghost map by stephen johnson i don't know if any of you um have heard of this book uh it came out at some point in the mid 2000s uh it's, it's it's up there with one of my most uh, enjoyed non-fiction stories and it is a story about um Dr. John Snow, um, not uh, who knows nothing. Uh, not, a,
3: John, not the presenter of Channel 4 News.
2: Uh, neither of those. Uh, a John Snow, who knew a lot. And also, he worked with um, uh, uh, Reverend Henry Whitehead, and they created a map in London which used their local knowledge and their scientific knowledge to figure out the cause of a cholera outbreak. Um, now, this is not you know, does not sound like a particularly exciting story. It sounds quite dry and it is quite dry in the sense that what they did was they, they they were using data People did not know what caused cholera. They vaguely idea that at the time that it might be something to do with water, but they didn 't know um, and it was because of this map that they could map the outbreak, work out what was going on, and then they stopped use, there was well that this This outbreak, which was killing hundreds of people, was coming from, and they they identified it, uh, and they and they stopped access to it, and they they saved the city. And what makes this story so fascinating is it's it marks the point at which cities became sustainable. One of the problems, the eternal problems with cities and city planning, is water: getting water into people, getting clean water, and getting dirty water away. And as cities grew. Uh, with industrialization they reached a point where this was becoming a huge problem there were an enormous amount of people in london uh, and i'm sure in other cities as well whose job it was um and i can't be too delicate around this to carry away all of the human waste um which was known as pure uh, and to carry it to the edge of the city and so basically chuck it over the wall uh, and that was how they got things away And this was before kind of sewage systems became truly um effective um it Cities were not sustainable until this problem was cracked. Until they could understand really how to do this safely, cities were going to end up being places where people would would end up getting cholera and dying in large numbers. And it was this ghost map that marked the beginning of that and therefore marked the beginning of the the mega city, if you like, as a kind of safe place for us to live. So um, it's a fantastic story and I desperately uh, hope someone will turn it into a film because I think it has all those dramatic... Qualities and, and a great sort of sense of human ingenuity defeating perhaps you know the danger of uh, of, of, of this kind of water I mean cholera was, was a condition my understanding is that really was not as much of a problem until humans started living together in large quantities because uh, it was this you know, it spread through uh, human. Uh, human waste matter um and and that getting into water supplies um so having a lot of people in one place you know is that eternal problem so if you haven't you know if you're interested in a book look it up the ghost map by Stephen johnson uh, and you might find um that uh, yeah you might find that you enjoy it and you might find that you appreciate the water that comes out of your tap just that little bit more because as we heard from that clip uh, clean water is everyone's problem. It is, you know, the the the, the hugest difficulty on in, in Earth in many ways is getting water to to everyone because it is, you know, it is the stuff of life. There we go. So Tim, I'm going to allow you to do your drinking water film before I talk of mine. I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, audio preparation. Ooh, that's kind of uncomfortable in context what I'm about to do. It, can't I? I'll move
3: that away um maybe, so, you've actually given me a bit of a chill down my spine because i'm about to talk about a film that's very scary um it's kind of a film where um it's about the idea that uh, water water becomes poisoned and water is a taboo you know it's a ooh the rising tide of fear
2: is that the name of the film
3: no <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to get you You're think, building you think a sense no i'm I building attention um <laughs> Yeah, this is, I, I'm just going to go straight for it, try, try, to, try to build some tension. Um, Hideo Nakata's 2002 original Japanese genius film, Dark Water. Um, yeah, I, I, this is, um, for me, this is Nakata's best film. Uh, it, I love The Ring. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I kind of, uh, The Ring is a very per- personal, close film I, in terms of, you know, my introduction to, you know, I really getting to Japanese horror films at that time, so, you know. Dark water is a more mm. subtle, nuanced, sorry l- less full-on horror experience. Um, and really, it's a film about uh, family breakdown. It's a film about um, abandonment, isolation. These are actually things that are very taboo to talk about in Japan. Mm. So, actually, the, what is really nice context is that uh, Nakata is dealing with issues and social issues that are not talked about, and that adds to the whole tension of water. Um, and uh, this idea of um, mental illness, the idea of um, the water as a metaphor again. Um, and then, you know, uh, I'm not going to go too much into the film plot. All, all I will say is this film is very effective at uh, making you feel very damp, making you very, very <laughs> unsure about what uh, what's coming out of your pipes, especially when your life is not going very well. This idea of being swamped. And um, all consumed, and human humanity is ult- your your own humanity is ultimately a risk, and uh, especially if you're going to make a bath, things are black, and uh, girls with long black hair and the black fingernails, the whole that whole thing, which never fails to make me so damn scared. <laughs> um, it's a really good example of where dirty water pr- provokes the most. Um, uh, most forthright, scared responses in the cinematic, in the cinema. Yeah, for want of a better word, nakata's very was very good at that in this r- film.
2: American remake as well, wasn't there? Jennifer Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly
3: to, it's about th- only a few years later. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nakata did that as well, um, which not as good. And for me, there's something about having the Japanese context and the the idea of taboo subjects, and the idea of the uh, cold isol- isolationist environment in which they're in. There's something. Um, other, other, and eth- something ethereal and deeply scary about that. It works in that context of being a Japanese horror film.
2: Fabulous. Um, so there you go. Dark water. That's Tim's choice. Don't for, drink it. Don't drink. Don't. Uh, but definitely, less.
3: definitely see it and absorb it. But mm. not in a. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Clean water is what we're going for. Um, I'm going to quickly uh, play a piece of music, and then we're going to come back, and I will give you my cleanliness of water sequence sequence uh cleanness uh, of water uh, film um so let's have some some beautiful but relaxing music to calm us down from having uh, dark water on our mind um this is from a very sad film uh with which water is uh, involved uh, it's manchester by the sea uh, this is a film where the soundtrack has, has captivated both tim and i so we are going to play some of it now this is leslie barbers manchester by the sea chorale There we are, Manchester by the Sea Chorale, from the soundtrack to the film of the same name. Well, Manchester by the Sea. Um, And here we are here on Screen Brum Show talking about all things wet and watery. And what we have just done is uh, cleanliness of water, drinking water, uh, pollution in water, all those things. And uh, Tim has named his... Top choice for that, which was uh, the original Japanese Dark Water. And I am going to come with an obvious one, perhaps, but one that nonetheless, I think, is a very important um, well, TV series, actually, which is uh, Blue Planet, or specifically Blue Planet 2. Um, Blue Planet 2 uh, is, is one of those great landmark BBC TV series. I'm sure many of you have seen it. It's only very recently been on TV. Um, you know, the marvellous, wonderful David Attenborough and his incredible... Um, incredible voice just just transforming us amazingly shot just um what's great about that is of course you get 50 minutes of amazing uh documentary and then you get 10 minutes of how they made it which is also fascinating watching the whole process of of how much goes into you know those 20 seconds of basking sharks or whatever it may be so it's a film about the uh, sorry it's a sequence uh, a series about uh, the Blue Planet, the the seas, the oceans we live on. Um, and um, as an added bonus from all of that, we also get music by Hans Zimmer um, on the soundtrack. He does a collaboration with Radiohead in the original, um, uh, in Blue Planet 2, which was actually uh, a Radiohead song which was inspired by Blue Planet 1. So we have a full circle on that. Fantastic music, fantastic visuals. But the reason I've selected it specifically for this cleanliness segment is because... One of the things that this film, this series has done, is is highlighted the the danger of uh, plastic pollution in the oceans, which is something you know we've vaguely known about for ages. And of course, you know uh, we know we shouldn't be um, putting so much plastic in the sea. But there's some series of sequences in there where we see the damage that this plastic pollution has had uh, on the on the ocean, uh, both flora and fauna. That is is just it's just heartbreaking there's a sequence where um we see a a whale um, whose, whose whose child has has been caught up in plastic and and has has died and it's just it's just heartbreaking absolutely incredible powerful um stuff that really has Kickstarted a movement um and a publicity around reducing the use of plastics and reducing the use of plastics to get into the sea which could only be a good thing so this is one of the examples where um as a film as we as we we always believe on this show can educate and inform and and tell us about the world has actually had a positive uh, impact on it so if you haven't seen it get on there it's a bbc a fabulous production it's one of these ones that takes five years to make so hopefully they'll come back to us if the planet is still blue in five years time um and um and listen to hans zimmer's music as well there's a product there's a um i'm very excited the blue dot festival mm. at jodrell bank this summer uh, um, are having the bbc Philharmonic do a live performance of that with the visuals from um blue planet 2 which i think is going to be amazing as the, as the sun sets mm. so i'm hopefully off hopefully off to that and i shall make sure i use my reusable plastic bottles they are tim's proudly showing his off. i
3: have a collapsible coffee mug called a paquito cup which i use everywhere you literally um it's uh, i i've become kind of i think blue planet is really engaged and um brought a commitment to this whole thing and mm. it's great because the kids are going to fly with this and it's going to be uh brilliant to see how much um plastic more plastic is going to disappear from my everyday use I sincerely hope um so. was it two and a half billion coffee cups every year
2: i can certainly believe that and, and that's in the uk that's that that just the uk yeah. Oh, yeah
3: a lot of that is your wife uh, no i
2: mean <laughs> her undertaking this year has been to to not use any uh, and uh, as, as a as an absolute direct result of uh, the blue planet so yeah. it has had that effect so there you go that is blake's uh, choice call, for the cleanliness of water blue planet so if if we do nothing else which we rarely do um try and uh, try and use less plastic this week if you can try and think about that think about the fact that uh, you know your your cellophane wrapper may end up in some uh, in some shark's mouth, um, That's that out there. Sorry, um, and uh, and try and, uh, and, and and take that on board. There we go. Anyway, let's uh, let's bring in a further person into our debate because we are very excited to be joined in the studio by a bona fide film director, Mister T- uh, Carl Timms. <laughs> Thank you, Blake. Hello, you. And, and tell us a little bit. So you are you are the head honcho from Dark Matter.
1: Uh, yeah, so I, I set up Dark Matter Films with uh, a friend of mine, Mark, um, who lives down in Hampshire. Uh, shared interests in sort of genre filmmaking and, and genre films of the past. And uh, we've, uh, we're, we're setting out to try and um, yeah, make some really good work in that field. And uh, you've got a production that you're
2: currently raising money for.
1: That's right yes so uh, and thanks for bringing me on so the, the, the first thing I'll say is this is not a water themed production so uh, so this is well out of context so this
2: is we're gonna have to shoehorn some yeah. water it in otherwise you're not allowed out
1: so so I, I have a pre-prepared statement <laughs> I'm gonna read to, uh, to try and bring it on track so okay there um, you go. <laughs> so so yeah we're uh, next week we're going to be launching a indieGogo campaign for our next short film off-grid um, so off-grid is a supernatural post-apocalyptic thriller it's gonna be shot in the region in May. In the ocean of other film projects out there demanding your time, it's really hard to make waves. So, however, we hope that the slow drip of information that we've been able to put out to date will soon lead to a flood of your support. Keep them going. There's a huge this pool of talented folks attached to the project. It's very good. And a cast to make mouths water. So please help us make a real splash by following our IndieGoGo page. There we go. So
2: uh, what is the indigo how do they find it
1: Um so so there is a there is a URL it's a, it's a bitly link so rather than I'm read it out I'm um, currently tweeting it out okay. so uh, oh, great. Yeah. So uh, but
2: do they can they, if they search for dark matter films will they find it there Yes
1: yeah, so we have uh, we have a Facebook page so that's uh, facebook.com/darkmatterfilmsuk slash and uh, we're on Twitter at darkmatterfilms
2: And so you're looking for for funds um is there any one of these things where people can uh, you know do they if they give a certain amount are there any kind of benefits for them is there
1: absolutely so so one of the reasons we want people to check out the pre-launch page is to sign up for advanced information about perks that we'll be doing for the campaign um, the perks will cover everything from um, extra roles in the film. Um, to uh, merchandise and, and, and um, things off the back of the of the production, so uh, posters and, and postcards and HD downloads, uh, DVDs with custom artwork, um, signed custom artwork by um, certainly the crew, hopefully the cast. Um, and uh, also a really great opportunity, we, we've teamed up with a stunt production company, uh, Movie Works International, and they have offered us some uh, hand-to-hand combat training workshops to sell on the uh, Indiegogo as I well. I think
3: we need that, Blake, for our disagreements. <laughs>
1: That's all right. well we could just go down Broad Street on Saturday
2: night um, uh, with a camera. You put we... it to good effect? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, okay. That's really
3: cool, actually.
2: <laughs> I really cool. like that. Yeah, so That's there's safe. lots of options for people. So, um, and can you tell us anything about uh, the film itself? It's post is it uh, how long is it
1: um so it's, it's gonna be 15 minutes um it's uh, the second film that we've that we've done um our first one still uh, finished its festival run last year and it's uh, did won a bunch of awards did 22 festivals so that was a fantastic so we're, we're zombie looking,
2: film that was made in the Geordi Quarter. that's that? right yeah
1: the zombie film still and uh, and so we're, we're really looking to step up with this one so we've um uh, unfortunately i can't give details right now but on Thursday next week we've got a really big announcement about the lead role um and uh we Uh, are are looking to get a really top cast we've got a great crew Um, so everything is bigger and better in this one Um, the idea is uh, it's about um, an elderly couple that live out uh, off grid in the woods at the end of uh, some apocalypse that has overtaken humanity and it's about the lengths that uh, this uh, man called John Tanner will go to to protect his sick wife uh, and his own sanity from some sort of evil that has overtaken the world
2: fantastic and you're filming it all all here locally
1: uh so yeah we're going to be shooting probably out in um the Wy forest uh in worcester worcestershire and uh, out around sort of alva church way hopefully so yeah uh, i'm not going to make any apocalyptic jokes you could have
3: made so many there I know, and i avoid it um, people so, from kidderminster will not be appreciative uh,
2: so <laughs> so there's a there's a great opportunity there for people you can be an extra in this you can meet whoever this cast is which um you know we we are not privy to this information um, I'm not saying it's tom cruise I'm not saying it's not tom cruise it's not tom cruise oh don't shame worry. don't worry it's not tom cruise i don't he's think not um, he's not old enough someone older than tom <laughs> you, won't let, you won't it's let about, you, you
3: won't let him look old enough either it's
2: about 55 or something he's 55 so yeah. breaking, um, breaking no, every um limb. but there's opportunity to get involved if you are interested in filmmaking this is your chance to get in on the kind of ground floor see how it works maybe be an extra in it it sounds like a great opportunity and if you haven't seen still um if you want to, if people want to see the sort of things that, that Dark Matter do is still available for them to, to see still, anywhere.
1: Still available. Yeah, so still is available because um, we, um, we we picked up a, a distribution deal during the festival run uh, for the US, and so uh, we can't release it for free at the moment. So it is available for the massive sum of one pound fifty nine uh, on Vimeo, uh, and that's vimeo.com slash on demand slash Zom short still. Fabulous. Okay.
3: Tweet it. Tweet it out if
1: you can, and I'll pick it up for you and in a moment. Will, we will send that. That'll so, be great. So, yeah. Uh, uh, and any funds can... raised from that, by the way, will be going straight into off-grid. So uh, we would absolutely appreciate people's support.
2: Okay. So that's a way you can you can give and watch a film at the same time, which is uh, the way we like to do things. That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for coming in, Carl. Um, before uh, we do allow you to leave, we mm-hmm. do need to ask you your favorite water. Now, as a as a filmmaker. Have you ever had an experience with water filming? Filming on or in or under? No. <laughs>
1: okay. No. Thankfully, actually. Uh, Thankfully, yes. Uh, no, I mean, no, it, no, it, I does,
2: it does look incredibly treacherous. Do you have any favourites? Any favourite watery films?
1: Yeah, my. Uh, uh, Obvious one for me, I think. I'm, I'm a massive James Cameron fan, so The Abyss for me would probably be my favourite water based movie. Um, I think that's a terrific it film is. that's held up and actually got better, I think, over the years. Yes, um, I mean,
2: that was, because it's about 1989, and the yeah. special effects in there. Were were, really? were still great, really? weren't they? And very, and very, um, yeah. And um, and of course, Titanic is also a James Cameron water film, <laughs> but you know, we, we maybe less so. Out.
1: But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still, I still think the uh, the second half of Titanic, I think, is is up there with you know some of the best cinema you'll. you'll yes, see. I but mean, it's,
2: it, we were talked about that earlier. <laughs> you just spend you, you spend the first hour going, where's the iceberg? It's much yeah. bigger <laughs> than the moon <Margarita. laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, but um, actually, if you ever if you ever want a watery. Uh, film about the Titanic. Do watch the film of what's A "Night to Remember." Fantastic. Mm. One of the things in that which really um, uh, really brings home the tragedy of the Titanic, especially, is the fact that there was a ship really nearby, and um, but their radio operator had gone to bed, so they didn't realise, and they could see the the flares going up, but they just thought they were fireworks, um, and didn't come, and so they, they could have actually got there and rescue people, but and that was one of the reasons that that they changed policies and there was always someone manning the radio operator but uh, great book great film a night to remember i've almost i'd forgotten about that so there are the
1: abyss and i think there's a, an, another obvious one actually would be uh, probably probably actually the one that's had the most I- impact on my life uh, would be jaws because i saw that when i was about six years old and now oh i'm God. absolutely terrified of great white sharks
3: yes yeah. <laughs> there's there's, there's a, there it, we, we've talked about this haven't we before about this idea that um, being too young to watch something mm-hmm. has a profound impact on the rest of your life yeah yeah. You know, I watched RoboCop at eight. Um, and wow. now you hate
2: fascist. Cops. <laughs> and now you know,
3: you know, you don't understand what satire is when you're eight. You just remember being splattered, um, and now you think everything costs a dollar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the,
2: the, the thing about uh, again, the, the thing about yours as well is, is it's, I don't think I can't think of any other film that has single handedly created a genre. the The amount of shark when I was doing research, this is shark films, just tons, and they are all just really rubbish looking mm-hmm. shark films. There's, there's actually one. Uh, came out British film and that's 46 metres down or something is with Matthew Modine and a bizarre I watched (laughs) it bizarre performance from him he's like playing this this ship captain trying to rescue these two women that are trapped in a cage the the, the rope snapped and at the bottom of the sea and the sharks and he just looks like he's drunk he's just like smiling and seems incredibly unstressed throughout the whole thing Um, yeah not a a great film but there's a whole the shark shark movie is a whole but it has never been never been approached that's it. Uh, we've
3: uh, never been bettered, and I think you know we, we've actually talked about Jaws so much on this uh, show. We had Andrew Watson, didn't we? Yeah. Um,
2: an expert on an expert on, on,
3: on all on uh, adaptations, right? Yeah. And Jaws mm. was one of his adaptations, and the story behind the film, Benchley's agreements and disagreements with um, the uh, yeah, uh, he uh, was response. yeah, some big changes. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I yeah. Benchley
2: was very much pro shark, um, and uh, he did tell us uh, an anecdote, which I will remains one of my favorite which was one of the original proposed names for jaws was what's that noshing on my leg is Uh, it
1: a monster (laughs) Uh, have you um (laughs) have you seen the uh the trailer on youtube you know they do those um uh if it was in a different genre type recuts of trailers oh yeah and there's there's a jaws one if you haven't seen it definitely check it out where um they've recut jaws as if it was a um free willy style sort of boy in his uh and his shark adventure and it's it's brilliant uh oh, well i'll so have good.
2: to look that one up so yes jaws is uh, we were not allowed to mention jaws because we've had it before and that's one of our yeah. but i still maintain the Pondish
3: scariest show. thing about jaws is robert shaw yes he's the scariest thing about many films with robert shaw in not he's going to be the scariest thing about the film absolutely generally
2: absolutely <laughs> um uh, yeah uh, and, and he was of course in
3: the, the deep. deep i'm just yeah. trying to see
2: if i have the soundtrack from that because it's
3: the second best thing about the film
2: the the soundtrack from there was who was that by john Did barry you, uh i'm going to um, try and seek that out it's donna summer wasn't it
3: the donna summer the song yes
2: uh so keep talking about the deep and i'll try and track down that track and we can use that yeah the deep
3: the deep was of course another beach at peter benchley film uh came out a few years later definitely riffing off the uh, success of jaws um this idea of uh, nick nolte Back when you could actually understand what Nick Nolte said in films. <laughs> you know, before you went properly... Um, is that is that being cruel to Nick Nolte? It probably is a bit. Um, and Jacqueline Bissett, the main reason to watch The Deep. Uh, and uh, it's, they, they come across some treasure and they employ the services of Robert Shaw to go out and find the treasure. Of course, there's a lot of uh, more to it than just that film. I, I and seem uh, to
1: remember Terry Savalas being in that as well. Is that right? Is he the one that gets...
3: Eel, yeah, it's a, it's there's a lovely eeling. There's some sequence sort of piratey there. vibe, which is yeah. a have got yeah, into. Yeah, the eel, the eel sequence is quite disturbing when you're young, and also, but also, the beautiful John Barry soundtrack. Yeah, well, um, it's you know, it's, it's an, an, uh, John Barry is a very good composer with his strings for evoking the sea uh i'm
2: gonna play uh, you, you i'm you gonna play,
3: play the a disco version, version. Of it that, is, that is very much not like that of 1977 um, there we go <laughs>
2: i'm gonna play uh, the theme from the deep uh deep down no down deep inside down deep uh, inside donna summer um, from the uh, from the soundtrack to the deep enjoy There you go, that evokes a kind of holiday vibe, that's a theme from The Deep, Um, it doesn't really tell you much about the film that, but it does tell you um, that Donna Summer has got an amazing voice for this type of thing, that's from The Deep. Now, you're listening to The Scream Brum Show here on Brum Radio, it is the last 15 minutes of the show and we're going to be going through our final category. Our final category is films about the sea, uh, which is uh, a very wet place if you're not aware of it um before we you've do said that the then, word again i know i'm sorry we embargoed
3: this, that word. it's it's difficult to, to it talk is about very sea, it's sea without very wet it.
2: um but before we do we need you to say uh goodbye to our guest carl thank you very much for coming in carl carl timms from yes, the it's Dark thank you uh, carl, you've, you've, you're flying in because you you've got to go back somewhere and
1: talk, to, talk to Tom
2: Cruise on the phone not Tom Cruise <laughs> uh, an older Tom Cruise and get him you know get his, his Winnebago right um, can you remind everyone again um, how they can help make this film happen
1: yeah well I mean on a basic level just please follow follow what we're doing but more importantly just uh, sharing yeah, absolutely sharing like we need as many people as possible to, to share and get involved in this, we've, we've got a very ambitious budget, um, we're looking for uh, five figures so it's, it's a big budget um, and um, significantly more than we asked for on still um, but it, it means uh, and this is really important to me, it means everybody on the crew, everybody in the cast everybody gets paid and that for me is absolutely essential because i don't think you can really call yourself a professional filmmaker until you're paying people and actually doing it properly so so it's really important to me because everybody did it for free on still and it's really important that we may have step up but i think more importantly just please share the more eyeballs we get on this um the more chance we have of hitting that target and uh, and cool. it's a film that will appeal to anyone with uh sort of sci-fi horror um thriller you know but also just anyone who likes a really good character-driven story
2: fantastic and of yep. course uh, as an added bonus for those of us here in the region it's local as well filmed locally absolutely um and um there's a lot of local filmmaking talent uh, in the region so this is a great way to nurture it as well so so please do look up dark matter films and uh, the film is called off grid not off the grid <laughs> off grid off grid yeah. two words off grid and it's got a terrifying eye uh, in the poster um, which has already uh, got my uh, attention. attention and, uh, and, and my uh, and my fear frankly because i 'm scared of everything pretty much
1: actually uh, this morning we released uh, a very short forty second video which just gives a little bit more background about what that, that I might mean um, it 's the writer Mark just uh, talking about the the shining ones mm, the shining ones exciting times
2: so there you go let 's uh, let 's support local films and let's get uh yeah. this film made thank you very much carl for coming in
3: we will make sure that it gets out there loads and uh
2: we will um, t- we will flood the airwaves and with sure waves of and, something and, and <laughs> then invest their money so Wisely. There you go. Yeah. uh and a yeah, chance to chance to be part of it if you ever want to be in a film uh, it's a fascinating place to be and with uh, that stunt thing be on a film fight the you want to be a, you want to learn how to yeah, man. Be a stunt fighter. That does sound quite yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Um, and and um, keep watching out for next week. I think you said the uh, Thursday, twenty
1: second is the uh, is the launch of the campaign and the announcement of our lead of uh,
2: and uh, who is a, a
1: very recognisable face to any genre fans. A
2: big, a big star. I know who it is. I'm just going to say that now to make you all incredibly jealous. I know who it is. Who it is, is it now? It is somebody very impressive, I shall say. Thanks a lot, Carl. Thank um
0: we will much, uh, we'll
2: keep in touch and uh, we'll love we'll see you at the premiere. Brilliant. Thanks guys. Thanks a lot. Carl. Cheers. Cheers. Um right. Now, those of you that are left, we are still going to be talking about uh, water and our specific category for this last uh, section is the sea um and uh, we've left the you know it's just quite a big picture isn't it the sea um it's kind of so like any
3: other business isn't it it is yeah
2: just just general, general knowledge yeah all 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 other things and the sea of course um is uh, very difficult to film on and in um when it's done well Ooh. master and commander is one of my uh, honorable mentions oh it was
3: a brilliant scene uh, you know there's a side you get in family guy mm. master and commander and there's a scene where the captain uh, uh, they, they call it uh, they call it Master something, Commander. And then he knocks on the door asking for the captain. And he says, like, I'll be out in a minute. <laughs> I'm still coming. I'll, I'll still be out in a minute. <laughs> so we're on track. I'm not finished yet. Oh,
2: lovely. Um, someone Sorry. Has to, someone has to lower <laughs> the tone. Um, uh, yeah, Master and Commander, great. Um, fantastically. Um, Russell Crowe at his best. His swash buckling best in he's that. Good, nanny. Yeah, he's good, man He's good. He's great. He's bought, he, he's a, he's got Love salty sea dog all over G'day, him mate. I think. Um and all is lost is another one of my uh, honorable seafaring mentions which is just basically Robert Redford in a shipwreck. Uh, very slow and kind of uh you know it's 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 just this sort of incredibly almost, you know, it's wordless performance from Robert Redford. Uh, dead calm, a lot of people have mentioned. Oh, that's um, disturbing. Bit of yeah. Billy,
3: bit of Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Pre-Titanic but, Billy Zane. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that's another, another Ra- frightening
3: thing. rather than camp.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually still quite
3: camp But, still,
2: <laughs> but still absolutely <laughs> chewing all the furniture all the scenery. You're chewing
3: off. a film when when Sam Neill and Nicole Kidman are in it as well. Oh. And chewing their scenery um, and everything else belonging to them.
2: Other, other <coughs> films. so many films as, uh, about the sea I was really toying with this. this was the hardest one I don't know about you oh Is I got it, a uh, I,
3: I, I, I could have written down a hundred films yeah.
2: here Poseidon Adventure we've touched on already The Cruel Sea Finding
3: Nemo made my list I love that film I'd forgotten about
2: that and, still um, on Twitter. Yeah.
3: and uh, Little Mermaid made my list see I got Old Disney at one point mm. uh, and The Abyss uh, mentioned Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea Life Aquatic with Steve Zisu.
2: Hmm. Um, we, I'm, we split our views on that, don't we? I, I,
3: I love, I love aspects of the film. I, there's something about the whimsy nature of it that can actually split you right down the middle? It's, it's, it's possibly you, you're gonna. It's like Marmite film, isn't it?
2: Yeah, but I know you're gonna like it because you've got. Uh, I'm Bill a Bill
3: Murray, Murray fan. Yeah. yeah,
2: a great soundtrack as well. Actually, yeah. um, Seu Jorge uh, does some fantastic uh, cover versions of David mm-hmm. Bowie songs.
3: I'm, I have a soft spot. Uh, for early Besson material. And I have a Big soft Blue? spot for Big Blue, not the director's cut because it's too damn it's about long. About three days long, isn't it? Yeah, and you feel it, and yeah. you know that combination of. Uh of um besson and uh, eric serra's music always works quite well it's quite it can you can probably hear it cheesily as well if you've got it in the wrong in the wrong part of your brain but you know it's not that well acted until jean renault turns up and starts being hi i'm jean renault i'm gonna do jean renault yeah, and it kind of picked the film picks up a pace a bit then but
2: uh, yeah um i'm gonna give you my runner-up uh, first okay uh, and this was 1983's das Boot um, which i was told you. Said,
3: I, I said, I, I, I thought I was, you're going to pick a submarine film. Yep. I said, Is it German? It
2: is. <laughs> and, and what's interesting is this Wolfgang Peterson directed it, who went on to make uh, The Perfect Storm, which is also um, very much up there on the list of, of fantastic. He's a very um, um, eclectic
3: films. director, isn't he? Because he went on to do Never Ending Stories. That's
2: right, yeah. That was his first English <laughs> language film. And, and Das Boot is, 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 is a story of uh, a U boat crew. It's incredibly claustrophobic. Um, The set they made was a perfect reconstruction of the inside of the submarine. I believe it was the same size, Mm. which must have made it incredibly difficult with all the camera equipment and everything. But incredibly claustrophobic and small and tense. In an odd way, you don't actually see the sea yet much because it's so much of them in this kind of tin can looking sweaty and terrified all the time. It is an incredibly – submarine films are – Obviously, a, a subgenre in themselves. There's so much to say about, you know, claustrophobia and kind of men trapped in close proximity and fear and uh, the unknown and all of that. Um, and it's a great version of that. And it, and it kind of is a ca- When we talk about C films, obviously, it's a, such a vast canvas. Um, and the reason I, I, I was thinking of Das Boot as a kind of counterpoint to that is, is, is its smallness. You know, it's, it's kind of a tight, packed um, sardine tin uh, arrangement. But I'm flipping it. I'm going to flip it and I'm going to give you my number one okay. um, which is the opposite really um, Alfred Hitchcock's Lifeboat, 1944 film uh, written by John Steinbeck um, it's a simple wow. kind of premise um, again uh, set during wartime a, a boat has been sunk uh, by a U-boat um, and there's a battle between these two ships, I think the, the, the U-boat has been sunk and the, the Allied ship has been sunk and these people in a um, a lifeboat handful of, of disparate people in a lifeboat is one of them a murderer can they be trusted the fear the uh, isolation the claustrophobia all shot in this lifeboat uh, with these different characters um it's 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 unique in his american films in having uh, no musical score there's no music in it apparently he said um he didn't want any music because he said where would the music come from it's uh, so
3: true, isn't it? Uh,
2: well, what you say gender. that, but Hugo Freundhofer, who's the, the composer that he worked with, would say, well, where would the cameras come from? <laughs> I mean, where would the light come from? It
3: serves yeah. the tension, though, yeah, doesn't it? It does. It, yeah, it's, yeah.
2: It's, um, and, and another great thing, of course, is, is Alfred Hitchcock's very famous for cameo appearances in films. And this is a film set all in a, a lifeboat. He still <laughs> manages... To achieve a cameo appearance, I won't spoil it for you uh, how he managed to achieve that, and uh, he's not as a whale. Uh, he is. Uh, he does have a cameo appearance in there as well. So that is my number one C choice, or my my choice for a film for you to look out. You may have seen it in the past, you may not have seen it for a long time, but Alfred Hitchcock's 1944 Lifeboat it was remade as a science fiction. Uh, version called life pod or something i think it was joel silver um but uh, no, don't worry about that go for hitchcock's uh, john steinbeck written uh, lifeboat there you go blake's seafaring film um recommendation is is that have you seen it tim
3: i saw it again uh, it's, it's been a long time since i saw it um you know did it in one of those student like living vhs cassette type experiences yeah um yeah you can also I, I I actually think this is such a film that clearly is um being watched by a lot of filmmakers as well because you know I I, I it made me when I th- when I saw Captain Phillips and I you know the the, the end scenes uh, in great. the in the in the pod mm. I I actually thought lifeboat I thought a little bit of lifeboat and a bit of Dasbo, obviously yeah. you know Greengrass is a a guy who you know puts the camera right in your face you know, and he I, he has Hitchcockian qualities at times, in the way he tempt, he captures tension, and that, that those twenty minutes, you are sweating. Oh, that's oh, horrible. That is, um, that's a great film, actually. It's a great film, and Tom Hanks never been better. I I don't think. I agree. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I, 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 so I I thought of Lifeboat when I thought of that last that, that last act of the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yes, I do remember it, and uh, yeah, I do remember it not having a soundtrack.
2: Mm there is this i think someone sings at some point yes but, but yeah there's no there's no orchestral score
3: yeah i didn't realize i completely overlooked that it was a john steinbeck as well mm. oh, collaboration yeah early early hitchcock go 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 hither go yeah. together
2: 1944 yeah so what is your your seafaring film you or mentioned it based i did
3: um yeah you mentioned it i really love um jc chander's all is lost uh it was probably in my top three of 2013. I think I've got to go back and check it. It's definitely in my five. Um, I love. I just love this um, setup. Um, you know, there have been setups like this before. In fact, you know, uh, what's the film? The recent film with Colin Firth, which kind of does the whole Lost at Sea thing. But what I really love about this film is it's got a few words. Mm. I think the final the final film had thirty thirty pages of di- of script, actual script <laughs> stuff. And there's only a few words, and he speaks in the entire film. And it's a guy. Um, he wakes to find water flooding in his boat, and and then it's basically that setup. How he deals with it. How you, it's very matter of fact. It's very you're watching a guy dealing with each situation as it comes. And this is an old guy, you know. He's Robert Redford in his seventies, but boy, does he own the screen. Boy, do you feel everything that he goes through, and boy, do you feel his his matter of fact calmness. He deals with every situation only, and it only once gets the better when he knows a couple of times where he gets the well, better of him. Lost, yeah. and even as i'm you know it's the whole thing you you feel it and um wow how he got he got he got nominated for a golden globe and how he didn't get nominated for an oscar and didn't get um the a- acting nods i i I, there were, I don't think you know this is up there in the robert redford category of best films he's ever done mm. of performances and chanda yes. just you know just directs it and
2: there's a nice brain. there's a nice uh connection with the things we've been talking about earlier on as well as the whole kind of pollution and the vastness of our impact on it because the reason that his boat gets in trouble is he's hits a kind of shipping container that's right doesn't he that's in the sea. so he's in the middle of this incredibly open vast wilderness of water no human contact and then pff, you know it gets destroyed by a you know a human
3: there's a little bit of, of, of satire in there wasn't mm. there because you know he he's passed he gets passed by container ships um it's also maybe there's a bit of uh form there because uh uh Char- chander's first film was margin call oh
2: that's a great film which well. is a great
3: film as well great performances and you know maybe there's a little hint of uh some kind of uh, hint of satire going on mm. in some of his thoughts thinking process anyway not the point brilliantly evoked alex ebert's soundtrack won golden globe for best score uh it's just adds as a sort of a ten of the whole film, you know. Yeah, yeah great. I love All this Lost. I think it's uh, of of the examples of men lost at sea type films. This one just constantly resonates with me. Mm-hmm. It's very very good.
2: There we have it. We are coming right up against the end of the show, so we cannot talk much longer about that. But do look up if you have any interest at all in any of the films that we've been talking about. Then do look on our Twitter. Uh, dingy twitter page uh, at Brum, and you'll get more details and track them down um i'd like to say big thank you to carl timms for coming in and telling us about his uh, film project which we hope you will be able to get behind it looks like a lot of fun and and if you haven't seen uh, his his film still it's great it's a real um kind of twist on the on the zombie kind of genre it takes a different angle it, and it's it's quite inventive i found really enjoyed it so um yeah have a look at it and um if you like what you see um then see if you can afford to put your hand in your pocket and uh, and help out this film um tim can i say a big thank you to you for coming in
3: thank you fun as always and thank you to everyone for
2: entertaining us with their various film suggestions and tweets and uh, as we're gonna, always we're going to sign off um with a, another little plea um yeah, I know nothing about water. I'm not an environmental scientist. But, uh, you know, as we've talked about the importance of keeping the oceans as clean as possible, uh, do try, if you can, to uh, to avoid anything going down the drain that doesn't have to. It can't be avoided if you can't avoid it. And uh, plastic uh, as well. Try and reduce that. Uh, the seas are full up with that nonsense. Um, so I'm going to play out with a track from a film that very much... You know, again was, a, was an early um, film that had a huge impact on the environmental movement. Uh, can I pronounce this correctly? Koyani Katsi, um, which is the uh, the film from the 1980s, which is a, a wordless documentary, a series of images of the natural world and humanity's impact upon it. And of course, that includes the sea with a soundtrack by Philip Glass. Koyani Katsi is from the Hopi language uh, and it means sort of world out of balance and, and, and generally... You know, not great things. So, um, let us uh, let us leave on that kind of um, slightly uh, um, uh, bittersweet note, and then we will surf our way. Getting it, get it? Surf our way. Sorry, Tim's looking at me very disapprovingly. Surf our way into the deep waters of the weekend. Thank you, everyone. Splash, splash. Uh, oh, there's another film for you. Um, it, uh, basically The Shape of Water is a remake of Splash Discuss but do that in your own <laughs> time thank you everyone for listening we've really enjoyed having your contributions koi uh, and uh, and stay dry see
0: thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast if you've enjoyed it please consider joining
2: our listener supporters. You can do this by clicking the Support tab on our website or go direct to Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio. Brum Radio shows are streamed online
0: at the Brum Radio Mixcloud page and you can find more podcasts at brumradio.com.